Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Watford Buzz podcast. My name's Tom Bedell. Today we've got a special edition of the show. We've obviously seen in the last few weeks the arrival of Ben Manga and Helena Costa from Eintracht Frankfurt in Germany. And oh, put it frankly, there's not a lot of information out there, particularly when it comes to Ben Manga, who's kind of operated in the shadows, but built a very good, very impressive reputation for himself in doing so. So we thought it would be good to get the insight of somebody who knows a little bit more, and I say a little bit more, that's doing a disservice, a hell of a lot more about him than we certainly do. So we spoke to Jasmine Baba, who is a scout recruitment tactics and analysis expert for German football, Austrian football, Turkish football, and a hell of a lot of other leagues as well that we don't know a particularly large amount. She very kindly gave up some of her time to talk about Ben Manga's time in the Bundesliga with Eintracht Frankfurt. So here is that. And being moved into that director of football role later on, I think the promotion almost did him a disservice of getting other jobs, made him like overqualified for so many jobs and um, yeah, gave him a little bit of a disservice, but he has an absolutely stellar reputation. He can, he is known as the diamond in Algen. He can find the diamonds in the rough and the way he identifies players is kind of second to none. Um, if anyone's heard me speak before about scouting and when you scout a player, a lot of the time it, it's basically gambling. You have to go on a lot of your gut instinct and you have to trust what your eyes are telling you about the player. And um, with, with Ben Manga, it doesn't feel like a gamble with him. He seems to always pick the great players, players who can develop, players who are technically gifted and everyone in basically European football can see that. Um, I think he could have gotten any job that he wanted anywhere and Mm. it is quite, I think one of the things was everyone was quite surprised he went Watford in the end. I mean, there's loads of different reasons why that could be. Maybe no one was looking for the kind of role that he was looking for, apart from Watford. Um, money-wise as well, there's another aspect. 
But yeah, it, in terms of reputation, he has an absolute stellar reputation, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm it's going to be interesting to see what he does at Watford. Yeah, certainly is, and actually, it's interesting to hear you say it. it does seem almost kind of incongruous that a guy that has his reputation has worked for a club that's been as upwardly mobile as as Eintracht Frankfurt have been in the last five or six years ends up at Watford which is a madhouse and could conceivably be stuck in the championship again next season but uh, we won't get into my personal pain too much Um, (laughs) in terms of where they were when he started they just finished 16th in the Bundesliga in 2016 when he was appointed chief scout can you just give us an overview of Precy of what the kind of situation was in terms of expectations and recent history I suppose up to that point um, so, yeah, I think with Eintracht Frankfurt, they had always been, they had always been in and around the Bundesliga, sometimes overperforming, sometimes out, um, not really performing. And they really wanted to maintain a sustainable um, way of playing and conception and um, to really develop on youth players and getting through that and I think he came with um, Freddie Bobic who had just been appointed as sporting director so there was a big massive change in Eintracht Frankfurt at the time they had both came from, come from Stuttgart where um, Ben Manga was also um, the scout there under Bobic too and basically I think this has more to do with like Freddie Bobic's Bobage's um, time under Eintracht Frankfurt and what he did, he put a lot of things for Frankfurt into motion with with, um, the amount of people he took from Stuttgart. He did it again from Eintracht Frankfurt to Hertha Berlin, where he is now sporting director there. And he had um, basically like game conceptionists, you know, everything was planned and meticulously planned through senior level to youth level. Um, philosophy and etc so it was probably not luck but it was probably through reputation and knowing what Ben Manga could do that he took him with him and um, that really paid off for Freddie Bobic because you had someone who and I think they basically gave him a lot of scouting tasks Mm. um, under his kind of wing and the way Ben Manga likes to work and this This is also to do with that meticulous planning. The way Ben Manga likes to work is that he likes to network and have scouts. And at the start, they only had a few, a handful of scouts. Mm -hmm. Now, Ben Manga is, he's, uh, he speaks many languages, including Spanish, German, and English. Um, I believe Portuguese and French too, but I haven't found any confirmation of that. And he would travel to these places weeks on end south america and france especially um south america and france especially for um scouting and he would he was not only good at identifying players and talent he was also good at um having scouts around him who were localized special uh special move on localized specialized in those markets with him so especially in like Croatia and Japan um 
to name a few. So while he started off with a few scouts and doing most of the work by himself, that branched out with more scouts he could rely on. And he, when you know that many languages and you get to network more and it's very, it's very difficult not to make those connections when you are already branched out, you already know your markets. So that's how easy it was for him to network and him to find the best people in each country. Mm. So from there, um, yeah, I mean, all of those talents he's identified at Eintracht Frankfurt wasn't only just good players for this structure that Freddie Bobic had come along and kind of renewed, put into place, put into motion. But it was also the fact that he could, he found players that were good at like overturning a profit. Mm. So um, we've got so many on the list. Uh, I mean, um, Mascarell buying from Real Madrid for one million euros, selling it back, selling back to them for four. Um, Sebastian Holler is a great. I think the prime. Yeah. Ben Manga signing seven million from FC Utrecht to fifty million to West Ham, and um, yeah, and and that's how it it turned the wheels for Eintracht Frankfurt to become this kind of young club with a really great game conception, really good way of how they found talents, selling them on for more money and using that money wisely. Um, and that is basically like the basis of that Eintracht Frankfurt those years from 2016 onto them winning the Europa League mm. um, last season. You mentioned right at the top uh, that when he joined, there weren't there wasn't really a, a much of a, a pool of scouts in place. Was that something that he kind of changed fairly quickly? What did he kind of implement in terms of staffing and, and structure that that helped uh with the success that they've obviously had in in the intervening six years so um i'm not sure on numbers or contracts or anything of the like the number of scouts did increase from six or seven i know that for certain but how many i'm not quite sure um obviously you can also pay scouts on a freelance basis and agency so they could have also used that. Mm. Um, but I think one of the biggest examples of him utilizing his connections and his uh, eye for talent for even the professionals in this role is um, also someone he's taking to Watford with him from Frankfurt in mm. Helena Costa. Um, Helena Costa is also a, an amazing scout and um, uh, definitely specialized also in the kind of Portuguese speaking markets in Portugal and South America. Um, so she was head of those markets and now she, I think she gets a promotion at Watford. She's chief scout. So I think she's running the scouting department there. So he is, so while I don't know exactly how many scouts they networked and actually increased at Frankfurt he definitely has quality and um taking Helena Costa with them 
is also very exciting for Watford. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you mentioned, obviously, the kind of markets that he has been particularly successful in and his uh, multilingual skills and the kind of part that that has played in developing his network. South America is somewhere that seems to have been particularly uh, kind of ripe for the picking over his time at Frankfurt. Can you talk to us about some of the, the kind of big successes that he, he found in, in South America or, or Frankfurt, at least, took from South America and his time there? Yeah, so the first one that comes to mind that I always mention is definitely um, Tuta. He's only 23. They bought him a couple of years ago from uh, Sao Paulo's under-20s for 1.8 million. Uh, He's already won the Europa League, um, which is kind of insane. And I remember watching him, I think, the 2021 season for Frankfurt saying, man, this kid's good. How does he already know how to how to play such a um, intensive way of football and also play out from the back so quickly in a more possessional uh, based way is insane. Um, they also uh, bought Zalazar. They didn't even buy Zalazar. They they got him on a free and sold him for 1.5 million and he's a v- another very good um player who is now at Schalke I want to say I get confused with him and Ludovic Rice for some reason yep Salas is a Uruguayan footballer that they had on the free and sold to Schalke I don't know if they directly sold him to Schalke but he's at Schalke now so another really young talent that's coming through the ranks also 23 um and despite not being South American, but Portuguese, Andre Silva is another one of his, um, I can't remember how much money or sold money. I think another another thing that happened with a lot of his signings was that a um, quite a fair few came from loan deals. So mm. they would pick out of favour youngsters from bigger teams, get them on loan deals, and then have a buyback, like either a cause to buy, cause to buy, sorry, or um, even buy, and then there's a buyback from the parent club. And quite a few of these deals were set up in this way. Um, another one from South America is Rafael Bore, which I still think needs to, I mean, again, won a... Um, won the Europa League so you can't really say anything bad he's but I still feel like he's still gelling with the Eintracht Frankfurt team so he was I mean, terrible for me on Football Manager so I can say something bad about him <laughs> that might be more my ability as a uh, pretend manager than anything else <laughs> um, but there's also um he's also known for the French market like we said Sebastian Holler he was uh he was also the one that picked up Kolo Moani on a free. Mm. Well, they also, I believe they wanted him from before, but it was too expensive. So they just waited and got him on a free. So yeah, South America and France is definitely his markets. Um, and I mean, he, he, look, you, you don't even have to say anything. Like the transfer market profiles of each player, how much they've sold for how much they brought money for Eintracht Frankfurt. Uh, 
the how well they did in the Europa League. But, I mean, they went out in the semi-finals to Chelsea a couple of years before they won it. Yeah, exactly. And, um, I mean, what's interesting is, I guess we talked about his large network of scouts. I think the most interesting thing is what the future holds in that kind of space. Because a lot of clubs and a lot of the bigger clubs especially have been going away from big, a large network. I mm. think we saw with like Arsenal um, making some of their scouts redundant and moving to a more uh, video scouting and data-led um, approach. So it is quite interesting to see... Um, someone still hold that kind of um, network and that the way that they do things um, and also bring it to a championship club and borderline championship club because Watford go up and down every every few years normally. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so how that holds up as well is also going to be really, really fascinating. Yeah, absolutely right. And the reason I asked about South America particularly is it's been quite a kind of happy hunting ground for Watford under the Pozzo family uh, and for the Pozzos historically as well. So anything that kind of bolsters that is probably a good thing. And, and ditto the model, obviously, at Watford is, you know, buy low, sell high, Richarlison, uh, plenty of others over the, the course of their ownership. And you kind of see the alignment there with how uh, Ben Manga operated previously. Um, as you've mentioned, he kind of transitioned when he was at Frankfurt from a scouting role to director of football. What did that mean in uh, in practical terms for him? In terms, I guess his remit and what he was responsible for. I don't think there was that much of a change. I think he just had a greater say in some of the signings and and areas to market and players to market. Um, that. I think it was more um, just in-line promotion, um, but not that much of a change, especially day-to-day. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Basis. There was a lot of changes and restructuring at Eintracht Frankfurt at the time too. So um, a lot of these role names in German will sometimes not translate to <laughs> a whole lot um yeah but it just a little bit more greater responsibility on those kind of names um um than anything particularly um there was quite a and there was quite a clear remit under freddie bovich and a lot of that changed when he left and marcus crusher came in so a lot of that did change so I think his role was pretty much the same, but in terms of just, you know, uh, restructuring and reorganization, um, and they wanted to keep him on. So that was that was changed at the time. Fair enough. In, we've mentioned the kind of nationalities in the leagues that he's had particular success in. Is there, um, are there any kind of common threads, I suppose, in terms of the, style of player you know does he specialize in particularly in recruiting technically strong players athletically strong players or, or is there just kind of no thread and he's if he's versatile and there are no kind of no weaknesses and he's going to be brilliant in every sense well that's actually interesting he has said before that he there are types of players that he pref- not prefers but likes to see within them and like certain characteristics with certain players Mm -hmm. and um i mean he also mentions that he also will not give he normally makes the first contact with players or player agents Mm -hmm. to see um to bring them closer to well especially eintracht frankfurt at the time but um so if they seem to fob him off or the agent seems to fob him off he seems to drop his in interest quite quickly especially if he already has alternatives okay. but um when it comes to um players and their attributes he 
he likes scouting the younger market, which you probably know from how many youngsters he's picked up recently. Um, quite physically robust and fast. And I think there's, especially in the Bundesliga, there has been a like uptick in the incoming fast, faster players mm-hmm. and more dynamic, um, especially explosive. And I don't know if that's just the way especially German and French football has gone in the last five, ten years, especially with like the development of the strike role being, you know, a little bit more fast and dynamic and a little bit more as a winger and also a striker, especially from like the messy days and everyone trying to be a messy. <laughs> yeah. Um I, I don't know if that kind of affected it, but that's also what he specializes in so it's kind of worked especially being key markets and like getting players in france into germany to pick those kind of players and he also says he also likes the players with a like technical good technique with a strong physique it's also the kind of players he he likes to scout and tends to scout more of and so, yeah, but he definitely, <laughs> to be fair, the, the kind of players that you can see, especially with health, like the kind of attitude they bring, uh, the good character, and then on top, the kind of physical attributes that they, mm. you know, there's definitely a common theme. And he's kind of, a, and he's admitted that himself. So it's good to see both, really. It's it's good, nice and healthy to see someone to actually open and admit what they like to see and what they go for. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of kind of secrecy around these things, I think, generally, isn't there, in football? Um, beyond recruitment, and this might be asking you the impossible, did he kind of, did his influence spread, permeate, whatever, beyond kind of overseeing that operation, um, to your knowledge, or, or what, what, where did it kind of end, I suppose, his, his remit? Um, and he even said to himself, uh, funnily, that he had no kind of influence of, um, like, signing a player. He would, he would say if they were good, mm-hmm. and that was kind of what he would do. Um, probably influence a bit if goes yeah that's really good I think everyone would listen to him anyway <laughs> but in terms of any kind of uh, contract negotiations they would contact them to be like oh do you want to do Frankfurt's interested in you like does that seem okay those kind of conversations that you have with players and player agents but any contract negotiations um, and I, I would say he didn't have such a strong say in a lot of, uh, especially not under Marcus Crusher, um, the kind of process of recruitment. Um, normally sporting directors have something in place and your scouts will follow it and your scouts will make good decisions and good. if they know of a player, then that would be their remit. But um, as far as Ben Mango has said, um, yeah, he would scout the players. He would say if they're good, contract negotiations would be up to the different teams. Yeah, interesting to know. And again, the reason I ask that is that we've already got uh, Cristiano Gioretto, the sporting director, who does not have a particularly good reputation amongst Watford fans. (laughs) 
and that I think we're very used to the fact that um, Pozzo himself, Gino Pozzo himself, has quite a large influence in the recruitment stakes. Ditto uh, Moji Bayat, who has got a pretty mixed reputation on the continent, I think is the nicest and safest thing to say as a kind of preferred agent. So just working out how much... Of a, of a say he's used to actually having in reality and, and what that might look like for him at Vicarage Road is, is going to be the, the, the acid test, I guess. Uh, I guess there's a good like comparison almost on how I feel about this to the Ragnick at Man United saga. Mm-hmm. Like Everyone knew that Ralph Ragnick loves to take everything in control he needs them to change everything and you would listen to him because Ralph Ragnick's good at infrastructure and changing everything and everyone's question that then was would Man United let him do it and I guess in that <laughs> and the <laughs> setup of Watford um the crazy roundabout way it can be I guess similar questions can be asked well will they do the agent thing What's the point of getting this amazing, talented scout and even a chief scout in Helena Costa just to be override it? It's it would be quite silly to. Um, so I think I think he'll be given. I mean, it depends, and it also we've got the kind of age-old question: What does technical director mean in yeah, right. in England? What do, what does sporting director mean in England? In in Germany, it's a lot more specified. Those two roles, especially. Mm. Um, so, what he will do as a technical director, or um, and what his chief scouts will do, I would imagine they would give him something and give him some remit to change the way Watford do things. Um, and not rely on agent base. And I don't think Manga doesn't like uh, fobby, offy agents. Mm. So, yeah, that could be a cause for conflict if Watford try and still do that. Well, I like your generally positive outlook on it, so I'll, <laughs> I'll cling to that. Find a couple of things. Just to bring us kind of full circle, you talked about the the situation that he kind of inherited at Eintracht Frankfurt in 2016. How does he leave the club now? You mentioned, obviously, the, the famous Europa League semi-final, winning the Europa League, but how just how far have they come in, in, in six and a half years um, under under him? It, it's mad. Like, that whole process has been defiant and has definitely... Will and no one will ever be able to take that away from him. And it it's it's weird that it came to an end in Frankfurt. I think Marcus Crusher even said, you know, six and a half years is a long time in football. Um, and they'll always be uh, grateful, even though Crusher just joined. But <laughs> they'll always be grateful for what he did. And mm. even Freddie Bovic is has said like he played a major part in Eintracht Frankfurt's success and development. Um, his, no one can take away his instinct yeah. or talents. And that's what he really goes with. He, he, It's his gut, it's his instinct, it's his expertise, his uh, reputation that has made him this kind of absolute wonderful guy to pick up on talent. And it's weird how it ended at Eintracht Frankfurt. 
many might be asking why did it kind of end why did they let go someone so mm. good and um it, it, it's quite i mean it's quite well known that ben manga is a little bit doesn't it loves live scouting is perfect at live scouting but relies on data and video scouting slightly less data even less than video scouting so there's this new way to input data and that's not one of ben manga's fortes and that's kind of the way that enter frankfurt wanted to go um will be going have been going and um to kind of streamline i would actually not streamline but to better solidify that process for the future um it meant that if ben manga had a new way to go they weren't they they were happy for him to go his own way and see if he can do it in english football i i, I tell you what it's just out of all the clubs <laughs> out of all the clubs it is very interesting to see at a kind of yo-yo club to see what he can do um granted Watford do have quite a bit more money to um to play around with and compared to other clubs yeah. so you've been um, very polite about Watford I can say it. <laughs> batshit crazy club um, batshit <laughs> crazy with a lot of money and <laughs> it, it, it is it is kind of because I don't know I, I don't know that much about Watford's well current or just before process was in terms of how they would recruit players how many scouts they have so mm. to see if they make it less or more or keep with this big network of scouts because they do have the money to do that whereas other clubs may not in even other clubs higher up in the championship or even lower down in the premier league um that is the most interesting part for me if they do what kind of which would be kind of bucking the trend of big clubs at the moment Mm. so yeah that's the most interesting part for me I think honestly it's the most interesting part for Watford fans as well who are a bit mystified as to what the recruitment process has been who's been responsible Mm. for what and and so on and so forth for for quite a while now and and kind of pinning a lot of hope on on Ben Manga and Helena Costa coming in as as kind of the saviours in that respect to the point that We've made a signing this week, uh, Jao Ferreira from Benfica, and people are already kind of pinning that on, on them. Um, so you know, it's uh, it represents a, a new dawn for us. I think Watford fans hope. Just finally, Jasmine, I haven't prepared you for this, so I, you can uh, you can uh, curse me if you wish. But just if Watford were to look now at the the market that, that Ben Manga and Helena Costa know best, the German market in, in, in kind of layman's terms, is there anyone that they should, that they might be keen to bring with them? Not in immediately, but perhaps in the summer, the players that they, they might be keen to target, particularly I'm thinking in midfield where we have got a lot of problems um, that show little sign of abating that might be kind of within our, um, financial grasp. I would say uh, I'm not sure. I would say Rodrigo, the one that I mentioned before, Rodrigo Zalazar from Schalke, because Schalke aren't going to be good. 
I don't think. Um, oh, crap, he, uh, I just discovered he's injured. Oh, my gosh, great. Well, perfect, um, he'll fit right he, in. All our players yeah, are injured. Yeah, there we go. Um, his contract, I mean, his market value is 3.5 uh, 3. Uh, million, but he's, he's one of those kind of classic um, South American Spanish uh attacking midfielders mm-hmm. he's very technical um he's the best player i think at Schalke at the moment or one of the best players at Schalke at the moment um not the hardest thing to do <laughs> um to be fair and, and given the kind of where Schalke are at the moment i don't think him going to then a higher up championship squad is not like a step down yeah. in that sort of way um it looks like Schalke might go down anyway so it's then it's championship versus it's fighter Bundesliga so it's not that but because I didn't prepare and I know of Salazar and attacking <laughs> midfield that you need and knowing he's good in one of their recruitment uh, one of their um former uh signings that I would say that that kind of um, player, flair, attacking um, skill, um, yeah, it's not someone like that. It's quite exciting, um, but then again, I also don't know what exactly Watford needs. Well, um, to be honest, it sounds like someone just like that. To be honest, they've got a lot of very kind of workmanlike, um, fairly one-dimensional, one-paced midfielders. So someone that can add a bit of creative zest and, and break the lines and, and look to play the ball forwards would be would be a step in the right direction, I think. So, yeah, sound, doesn't sound like he'd be too far off exactly what we're looking for. Well, our thanks to Jasmine for giving up so much of her time to talk in such interesting detail about the career of Ben Manger and his time in the Bundesliga with Eintracht Frankfurt. Hopefully you found that of interest and know a lot more about him than we did Beforehand. Make sure you give Jasmine a follow on Twitter. It's at underscore Jasmine Baba, B-A-B-A. And you can also check her out on the DW World podcast, which is focused on the tactical element of German football and is a very good listen if you haven't tried it in the past. We'll be back soon with our usual coverage of the games coming up this month. As ever, thank you for your support. Make sure you never miss a show by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. And if you could give us a cheeky review as well whilst you're at it on your podcast provider, it really does help us. Thanks a lot and speak soon. Goodbye. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.